As far back as 2013, different Apple executives have made the case for and against bringing iMessage to Android phones, and yet it still hasn't happened. We know this because Apple is currently defending itself in court. The company is being sued by Epic in an antitrust case regarding the iPhone's App Store. A byproduct of this lawsuit is all of the internal emails and documents that are now being made public. I'm Jason Cipriani with Jason Perlow, and on this episode of Jason Squared, we're going to discuss some of our favorite details that have surfaced during the trial. So Perlow, this Apple versus Epic trial is a doozy, man. It is all the rotten stuff that is falling out of the apple tree when you shake it, Jason. Um, <laughs> there there is know, some rotten stuff. Yeah, it, it will be, you know, and this will be the first, I think, of many legal actions that we're going to see over the next several years. I mean, we're going to have this one, right, specifically related to Epic, um, and their, you know, and Fortnite and 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 the and their whole listing troubles with the app store. But we're also going to see stuff, you know, with Spotify. Um, in the European Union, or actually more so just the European Union taking action on complaints from Spotify. And then we may see additional antitrust activity in the United States as well. So there's going to be quite a lot of things that we're going to get. But this particular you know, discovery aspect of this trial, we've learned some really interesting stuff. You know, None of it shocks me at all. Jason. Yeah, yeah, but it, it's it's fascinating to get a peek behind the curtain, right? Like we got a chance to do this back uh, when Samsung and Apple were in their billion dollar lawsuit over copyright infringement and or whatever it was, and there was a lot of juicy details that came out then in emails and discussions of design. And I remember at one point they uh, an email surfaced where I think it was. Phil Schiller, the um, from Apple, emailed. I think it was Steve Jobs about getting a smaller iPad made, and it, it used Kevin Toffel's uh, article at ZDNet uh-huh. to make the case for why smaller tablets were going to become a thing. And it was just it was fascinating to see that these high up execs actually read some of the stuff we we write. And, they do. They do make business decisions based off of some of the the cases that we make. I thought it was fascinating. And we're kind of getting to see that again here. But a lot of this has to do with the app store. So it's more of internal discussions back when the iPhone, before the iPhone even had apps uh, and and leading up to, you know, more recent discussions on app approval rates and stuff like that. So there's been quite a few things made public through this that I've absolutely, I'm glued to it. I'm glued to looking at which which new emails surface every day. So both of us picked two or three different uh, items that we thought were fascinating. And uh, you want to go first? Sure. I mean, let's talk about, you know, the sheer volume of app store rejections that occurs is massive, right? So uh, what we've learned is that, you know, in 2019, uh, you know, developers submitted over 4.8 million apps to the collective iOS, iPadOS, macOS, tvOS, and watchOS app store, right? Uh, Collectively, you know, and Apple rejected over 1.7 million of them, okay? 1.7 million rejections plus. That's approximately a 36% rejection rate of over, over one third, right? So that's the highest 
of the previous three years, uh, you know, they, there's a, it was about a 33%, uh, you know, rejection rate uh, in 2017, um, 35% in 2018, but it was really high with iOS on the iPhone. Uh, there were about 5,461 new iOS apps rejected in 2019, and they rejected 11,296 apps, roughly two-thirds of the submissions in 2019. So, I mean, it, it varies, obviously, per, per, per you know, device platform, but very, very high rejection rate on apps or apps. Right. So, I yeah, mean, I mean, for, so I mean, who knows what major apps? I mean, I mean, there's obviously probably a lot of crap, crappy fart apps and stuff, but who knows how <laughs> many of these were major apps that we never got to see ever from from from, well, from major companies? Yeah. And, and I don't think that they were flat out rejected and not allowed in right, at all. Right. You know, I, I used to tinker around with app development and had some apps in the app store for a while and I'd get rejected for like the most ridiculous things. Like the, the color wasn't right on the background once and you couldn't read some text and my app got rejected for that. So, you know, of the 4.8 million in 2019 that were submitted, a lot of those were probably app updates, sure. not, you know, brand new apps and, and developers, I feel like always push the limits to see what app review is going to allow. through. Yeah. And so honestly, I'm not surprised the rejection rate was this high. I think it is quite high, but at the same time, like I said, I'm not, I'm not surprised it is. What is surprising to me with these numbers is the fact that in 2019, only 4,461 new iPhone apps were submitted. Yeah. I would have thought that, or well, no, I'm sorry. It was around 18,000 total and they only approved 5,461 5, yeah, yeah. and they rejected 11,000, but eventually those I'm sure went through the review process, fixed whatever it was that needed to be fixed. But I would think that more than 18,000 apps a year are being added to the app store. Like that growth doesn't seem very high to me. I don't, maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, well, who knows? You know, uh, what, what, we, 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 we haven't seen 2020, 2021's numbers yet, but, yeah. uh, you know, it's, it's, it is interesting that, that there are a lot of these are going uh, of the 4.8 million, only five, uh, across all platforms, only, you know, uh, something around 18,000 were, were quote unquote new ones. Um, I'm sure a lot yeah. of them were games too, probably. So, uh, yeah. so I mean, yeah, I mean, it's believable. Uh, it is interesting though, to see that, you know, there are a lot of these are incremental updates. Um, right. Definitely. Yeah. So, so one thing I absolutely loved reading about was like, look, when you remember iOS or iPhone OS at the time launching and even then iPad, uh, a lot, a lot of was said and made about whether or not flash was going to be allowed on the platform. Yeah. And there's been some emails that came out that. Apple proved, you know, or Apple that proved Apple worked with Adobe on bringing Flash and it just could never meet their their requirements and their specifications. But something else that I thought was very interesting was a email exchange between Phil Schiller and Scott Forstall, who used to run the software division for uh, iPhone OS, uh, you know, back in the day, back yep. in 2008, 2008, when all of this was launching. And Forstall was making the case to Schiller 
that they wanted to open, he wanted to open up the operating system and allow Yahoo to build their own widget engine on the iPhone. And if you remember back in 2008, Yahoo was huge. It was a huge company, had a big online presence, had a lot of different apps and, you know, buy-in from users. And uh, they, Forstall truly wanted the platform to open up and not be closed in this walled garden that we have still to this day where, you know, Apple builds the software and that's all that's allowed to run on it. And Schiller just shut them down completely, shut the idea down completely, which I think is the right call. But, you know, he the exchange goes back and forth um, talking about the, you know, they can build the widgets themselves and let it, uh, Yahoo integrate with their platform instead of giving Yahoo the ability to, you know, build something on their own. And where does, where does this logic stop? You know, Adobe Air, Microsoft Silverlight, Qualcomm Brew, these are all older platforms. But even the fact that Forstall even wanted to open up the platform when so much has been made, and even back then in 2008 about the security of the iPhone was just stunning to me. It was a stunning revelation. Yeah, it, it is interesting. Although uh, I did find it interesting that they do allow special API access for special for select partner de- developers, and I know that was something that 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 you had had listed. Um, that, that, that actually kind of, I mean, that didn't surprise me. I, I mean, I had expected that, you know, Microsoft and maybe a few others had more favored nation status to begin with. I mean, as it is, you know, like, you know, Apple licenses some Microsoft technology for, you know, exchange integration and stuff in iOS itself, but they do actually allow it the other way around. They do allow certain developers to have access to AP, to reserved APIs that Apple normally only uses for themselves. To certain developers. Right. Yeah. And, and this was on my list. So let's dive into it a little bit more yeah. specifically. And that is what came out in the trial is Hulu, you know, the streaming service, was able to convince Apple to give it access to the subscription cancel and refund API yeah. that no, well, I mean, I'm sure some other big developers have access to, but not your everyday average developer has access yeah. to. So when when you list an app in the app store, Apple controls the entire experience. If a customer wants a refund, they cannot email the developer and say, can you please refund me my money and remove this purchase from my account? You have to go through Apple for that. And it's been a frustration point for developers because that isn't customer service, right? If I email a developer and say, your app sucks, it's absolutely miserable to use. Can I please get a refund? And your reply is, sorry, talk to Apple. That's not a good customer experience. No. So developers, small developers have been begging Apple to allow them to do something as far as cancel and refund and you know purchases. Well, it turns out Hulu's had access to this API since 2015. Wow. When, <laughs> so, wow. and... What's what's even more interesting about this, and there's obviously, I bet Netflix has it, mm-hmm. I'm just assuming, but you have to imagine that other big companies have it as well, is Netflix or Hulu got caught abusing this API according to the emails and c- canceling subscriptions and then referring people to their website to sign up on the website yeah. instead, of, instead of paying the app store their 30%. And what's funny is... A developer I follow and have followed for a few years, makes some great apps, David Bernard. Uh, he's very critical of the App Store and Apple all the time. And he's always tweeting at Apple and Phil Schiller. And 
the reason this all came to light was one of his tweets um, is included in an email from Phil Schiller to his team saying, you need to look into this. And, and Bernard figured out that App Store subscriptions were uh, able to be accessed by Hulu mm-hmm. and he called it, brought it to light. So, I mean, when, when I've, I've always seen him, Bernard, tweeting all these executives and stuff and never thought, yeah, it's not getting anywhere. But to see it here in an email, which from Phil Schiller was was pretty amazing to me. But it's not a level playing field, right? No, not at all. He, and um, it's not a level playing field among, you know, competitors. Some competitors and some participants are more important than others. But let's let's kind of flip this on the side for a second. Um, the sheer amount of dependency Netflix as a company has on the App Store for its viewership, okay, forced a level um, of negotiations that where they wanted to avoid by, you know, uh, they wanted to avoid the App Store uh, for new subscription signups, right? Uh, so so they, they the level of negotiations that they have with Apple back and forth on this was, you know, massive. So like, you know, because clearly that 30% cut, right? Um, if, yeah. if it's going to be a new signup is, is would be would be quite damaging to Netflix. And then as it turns out, you know, just like, you know, Amazon is on the iOS platform for for their for their video viewing. Um, Netflix, uh, I think, for the most part, is is only is it, is it just only a view a viewing platform today? I think it is. Right. I think I don't think you can sign up on Netflix uh, on iOS currently. And- can you? No, you can't. They they eventually removed they, they, the yeah. in-app subscription. Yeah, you cannot do an in-app subscription on the Netflix app on iOS or iPadOS uh, or TVOS or any of that. You literally have to be signed up on the website on a PC or or you got to go in with Safari or whatever and, and, and do it that way before yeah. you can sign in on Netflix on an iOS device. And, you know, you know that's the same method that, you know, Amazon uses, but apparently um, this is something where, uh, you know, back in 2012, you know, when Microsoft was run by Steve Ballmer, uh, Microsoft decided not to release Office for iPad in 2012. This is prior to, you know, to 365, you know, becoming a thing for the same reason. They decided not to release an iPad Office in 2012, even though they had the code ready, it was ready to go. They decided not to do it until 2014 when Satya Nadella took over as CEO and, you know, they, they tried to effectively, you know, repair that relationship with Apple and they decided to eat that, that, um, that 30%, 30%. Um, on, yeah. on new signups for 365. You can sign up on three, for, as a 365 user on your iPhone, you know, um, and, and, and Apple takes that cut, you know, I mean, so I think... You know, uh, certain companies decide to swallow it, some are different. But what I thought was kind of chilling, and I think will catch Apple eventually someday, is Schiller said in an email quote, we run the store, we collect the revenue. And that is the company's mantra. Um, and I and I think that could be, you know, uh, you know, their let them eat cake quote for the antitrust. Uh, you, know, you think so? I mean, going, but it, you know. to me, it makes sense that they collect revenue for 
managing the app store. Now we could debate whether or not 30% is too high, which I absolutely think it is. But to me, it makes sense that they collect some revenue. That wasn't that quote, and correct me if I'm wrong, that quote was in relation to either Microsoft or Netflix asking to bypass the 30%. That is correct. Or at least get get a sweetheart deal and lower the percent just for them and not for anyone else and kind of not play on a level playing field for with the other developers in the app store. So I think it's, it's, it may be one of those gotcha quotes, but in context, it's also, it makes sense to me. It it may be. So, I mean, what I think is interesting is that, you know, there's uh, one of the things that we didn't choose to talk about, but we can talk about a little bit is that there were internal deliberations at Apple to discuss look, having that to 15% and uh, they didn't do it. Um, and, uh, it looks like, you know, you know, Apple's been successful right. and regardless. So, I mean, right. would, 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 would they, they looked at the potential revenue shortfall versus new, new, new signups and whatnot and, and things like that. And I, I think it's hard to say whether they made the right decision or not. I mean, I mean, I mean, would, would they have made the same amount of money and, 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 and grow their ecosystem even more if it was 15% versus, versus the 30, I, it's hard to say. It's very hard to say. Yeah. 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 There, Schiller had brought up, I think it was right after the App Store launch, you know, we need to be ready to lower this percentage. At what point does it make sense for us to do it? So it's been something that they've talked about for years. And I think this Epic Epic versus Apple stuff has forced their hand. I mean, it was a few weeks after Epic filed its lawsuit that Apple announced if you make under a million dollars in the app store or small developers in the app store can now do 15% after their first year in the app store instead of 30%, you know, there's programs you can apply for to lower the rate, but it's not a blanket lower it for everyone overall. But yeah, I mean, companies have asked Apple for, you know, a a handout, a lowering of this rate, 30% for each subscription or sale and Apple has not budged on it. So it's been interesting to read those emails. I think, Speaking of money, this is something I've been willing to pay money for since it launched, and that is iMessage on yeah. Android. I have I, I have said for years I'm willing to pay you know fifty bucks a year mm. to have the iMessage app on Android. Uh, you know, Apple's a service company now. Let's let's make another service, charge people for it. it. Fifty is probably way too much, but it just shows how much I I want to use it, and I think they should open. Up I the think platform. they should do it only for Apple One. Uh, you know, accounts. If you if you if you're an Apple One Premier or Apple One family, I think that you should have it. I I mean, look, I you know, they they there are several of their services already work on Android. Um, let's see, um, the Apple uh Music works on Android. Apple Music's APIs work with with Alexa and 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 other streaming devices. You you mean so? I don't see. I mean, look. I understand why that iMessage is a massive draw to the iOS platform. Why? Why it distinguishes itself? You know, it's it's it, all that rich texting and special things you can do. I mean, look. I want. I like to be able to have Apple Pay on Android if possible. You know, because I want to be able to pay people with Apple Cash. I want to be able to pay people that don't have an iPhone. Right. I mean, that would be yeah. a natural thing for them to do. You know. Um, but let's talk about the internal emails where we heard about what happened with iMessage for Android, because I think that could be damning to them in the future. Yeah. So what happened was back in 2013, there were rumors that Google was going to buy WhatsApp. 
you know, the, the app that Facebook ended up buying for what was it? 19 billion, 18 mm-hmm. billion dollars or something. And there was rumor that Google is willing to pay $1 billion for WhatsApp. So Eddie Q, who still works at Apple, one of the top executives, he wrote an email to a bunch of other executives that said, we need to do this. We need to bring iMessage to Android to beat Google at this. Mm -hmm. And we've gone down this road with Safari on Windows and we lost that battle. We need to get out ahead of this. And and basically, Craig Federighi, who uh, still heads up software at Apple, came back and said, no way, this is not going to happen. And the reason being that putting iMessage on Android would simply serve as a way to remove an obstacle to iPhone families giving their kids Android phones. Yeah, that's going to look horrible someday. It's- Absolutely. It looks horrible right now. They, yeah. they don't want to release iMessage from and- for Android because they don't want to make it easy to switch away from that, the iPhone. That, that, and- that could cost them $27 billion very shortly, that, that, that email. <laughs> With with uh, the antitrust case in, in the EU? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, 2013 was what, eight years ago? And and this is something that every single year WWDC comes around and and people are, are kind of on the edge of their seats hoping it actually happens. But I think reading these emails and knowing that Apple has had this debate going on since WhatsApp was a standalone company, you know, before it even joined Facebook – and yet nothing has happened. Craig or Eddie Q says he already had a team looking into it and he was ready to make it an official project and move ahead full speed. So you have to imagine they had working prototypes already done, you know, to see what it would look like. It just, it's frustrating. I I, I do wish it would happen, but I, Federighi has a point. It would allow people to switch very easily from iPhone to another platform, which doesn't benefit Apple in the long run. There's no way for them to monetize iMessage on Android at all. All right, unless well, it's well, part of well, some subscription. Well, service. then they need a cheaper phone to give kids. Basically, I mean, I'm, I'm, I mean, your average person probably still doesn't want to spend five hundred dollars or four hundred fifty dollars on an SE, uh, you know, to their kids necessarily, right? I mean, I mean, do you want to give, do you want to give a twelve year old uh, a five hundred dollar phone? I mean, you. I mean, realistically, <laughs> right. you want to give them a two hundred dollar or less phone. I mean, so I mean, unless Apple has that capability to do that, you know, and I think they probably do, but do they? But that's not the market they want to be in. So why? So it's so large. Let let parents give their damn kids a couple of Androids. What's the What's the big deal? They're gonna use especially, <laughs> right. especially if you put Apple Pay on it. You know, in addition to iMessage, if it's a full blown iMessage that's got everything that 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 iOS as I mentioned doing, then it should have Apple Pay on it. Um, you know. Apple Wallet on that, so they so that kids can have the, the Apple Card, virtual Apple Card account. So yeah, they're, they're, I mean, they're maybe they're not making the money on the phone, but they're going to make it all on the services back end too. I mean, you know, yeah. so so I mean, they need to think a little bit smarter about this stuff, in my opinion. Maybe one day. But speaking of WhatsApp and Facebook, oh you yeah, saw some emails about Apple and Facebook that you thought were uh, pretty interesting. Yeah. So, you know, as we're going doing this app transparency stuff in iOS 14.5, it looks like, you know, that Apple and Facebook relationship has only been rocky, you know, recently. Uh, But in reality, it's been lousy since 2011. Uh, And the reason is, is that the original Facebook iPad app, which, and and by the way, Facebook's iPad app has been crappy forever it, it's never it hasn't, it, been a, it hasn't been a parody with ios for a long time and maybe some of it stems from this um the original ipad app had web games in it right and that 
made Apple rather pissed off, right? Now, um, the the companies reached a a compromise slash detente with this and that HTML5 games were allowed in the Facebook app. And they kind of officialized this agreement with rules that it would still be provided going forward if there were no in-app payments or an app store inside Facebook's app. Now, apparently in 2020, Facebook attempted to release a standalone Facebook gaming app with working games in it. But that app was eventually rejected and it required Facebook to remove gameplay from the app, making it inferior to the Android version as it is today. So Facebook has always tried to push its its luck and the limits of what it was allowed to do with with Apple since day one. And 2011 is 2010. That's the the first year the iPad came out. So they've been pushing their luck with Apple for a very long time. So this has never been a good relationship, period. No, no. And Apple's longstanding policy has been well, not long-standing because eventually, or originally, they allowed apps with app stores inside of them to exist, and then their policy changed, and they decided, you know, we can't review every app that's within an app, so we don't want that in our app stores. The reason that Microsoft's cloud gaming platform was not approved in the app store just this last year, and it's because Apple wants to be able to go through the review process for any game that is included within uh, an application. But here's here's the big problem with this approach is you take that uh, that idea, that general thought of being able to review all the content that's on your platform, but then you apply it to Netflix yep. or Hulu, and they're not reviewing every single video or YouTube. Yeah, YouTube. They're not reviewing every video that is available on that platform. And so that's where these game developers get so upset. And I think Facebook and Microsoft and even Epic, they all have, they have a good argument here that, you know, why do they get to do it? Amazon bookstore, the Kindle store, like, why is that okay? But it's not okay for us. And, and there's a big disconnect in that whole thing for me. And, and, you know, I may not agree with everything that Facebook does, but I can see them trying to, force the topic. I think a lot of these app submissions are a way to to open up a conversation and be like, hey, wait, you know, file a re- uh, review request, uh, a, a protest or whatever it's called, and open that conversation with the company. Although, you know, small developers don't get anywhere with that, while bigger ones obviously have more input into it. And uh, man, I just... They need to pick a lane, at they being Apple, need to pick a lane and, and come up with a solidified approach that works for all developers. I don't think they need to review every game that Microsoft is going to allow us to stream yeah. from the Xbox platform over the cloud. Those games are already available on Xbox and people have access to it. Well, maybe they need an equivalent of an MPAA motion picture rating system where the content is tagged with a certain, you know, uh, you know, for kids or not for kids, whatever. I mean, Google already does that, by the way. When you upload a video to Google, to, uh, to YouTube, you have to disclose whether it's for children, whether it has explicit yeah. information. So that 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 is a, just like we have an, an app tracking transparency with objects and and, cert, and certain things that have to be 
standardized in terms of how we communicate, you know, those things, right? You know, how we track and whatnot. That could be done with content where, you know, there could be a little label that pops up and say, hey, this thing may not be good for kids or whatever. Or the app, when, when the app appears in the app store, it might say there's a certain percentage of content that might not be good for children, whatever. That may be the way around it. Because I think Apple, what Apple's concern is, you know, what, what, what God forbid some kids sees, you know, loads, you know, Grand Theft Auto, you know, 2022, and there's some horrible, you know, thing happens, you know, in that game yeah. that is absolutely not appropriate for children to look at. Um, that's a valid yep. concern, and they don't want to be sued. But if there's a disclosure that occurs when you look at when you look at content, I, I think I think that would be a good compromise, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but then at the same time, my kids can go on YouTube if I allowed them to and watch some really sketchy content right now. Yes. And and there, no one's stopping the YouTube app from being in the app store. Nope. You know, uh, and so how why why does it work for YouTube, but not for games? You know, it just it, it doesn't make sense to me. And so, like I said, I get why Facebook why does and, it work? and Microsoft why does it work? pushing it. Why does it work for, for, for YouTube not and also not for, you know, explicit lyrics in Apple Music when you have rap <laughs> songs that have really interesting stuff said in them, you know? So, you know, that's... Well, the good news is Apple Music has parental controls uh, yeah, they do. for children children's accounts. So I can, I can disable that remotely. My kids have zero access to that. So that that I'm, I'm good with, right? And because I have remote control to that. But, you know, I, if I let them have the YouTube app, it's full access, whatever they want. They, that's why they don't have the YouTube app on any of their devices. Maybe we need parental controls for on gaming platforms, you know? Yeah, absolutely. May, who knows? Who knows what's going to come out of it? Um, any closing thoughts, Perlo? No, I just think all this stuff is interesting. You know, all these emails and discovery processes are goldmine for understanding how the sausage is made. And that, you know what, Apple is, is this, you know, Apple likes to project this Disney-fied, you know, crisp and clean image about yeah. their stuff. But in reality, they are no different than any large corporation and they have motivations. And, and you know, uh, this is how the sausage is made, guys. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. These these conversations are something we don't normally get a peek at. And I've really, like I said, enjoyed and have been hooked on reading all the emails that are coming out and all there's even internal documents on the app store review process and the mechanisms they have in place to catch malware and, and viruses. I mean, one we didn't even touch on was the fact that, you know, there was one hundred twenty eight million iPhones that were infected with that uh, malware a few years ago that Apple never notified anyone of and 18 million of those people were in the US. And so there, I've loved seeing this kind of stuff. I believe this is only the tip of the iceberg as far as lawsuits go with Apple and antitrust and monopoly and, and you know, all the other stuff they have going on. Uh, so we're going to see a lot more come out over the next year or a two. And, more. you know, maybe we'll have to do a, another roundup show that goes, a little bit more in depth on some of the uh, bigger aspects of this in, instead of just listing off a few of our favorites. But I, you know, if you're not following this, this lawsuit at all, I, I suggest, you know, finding uh, where, where the documents are posted and reading along uh, when you get some downtime, because it's a ton of fun to just, it's eye opening. Um, all right. I'm Jason Cipriani. And I'm Jason Perla. This is Jason Squared. Thanks for listening and make sure to check out more of our work at cdnet.com.